the second episode of the Achieving Immortality in 305 Days podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're well and you've had an awesome week. So to get us back in sync with real time, in today's episode, I'm going to be covering the past two weeks of my program, which will mean we're right back up to date as of today on Friday the 3rd of March. I'm also going to be covering two things that you can all start doing from today that will help improve your progress and help take your health, physique, fitness and performance to the next level. But first, I've got an apology to make. As you'll know from last week's episode, this is the first time that I've ever done a podcast, ever been on a podcast or anything like this. So I have to admit, to make sure I didn't make any stupid errors, I followed a loose script of what I wanted to talk about, which came across sometimes like me talking like a robot. So um, yeah, as the wife pointed out and told me off for, which she's very good at doing, this is meant to be a real life account of my journey. So to talk from a script isn't giving you guys a true reflection of what I'm going through. So I apologize, but from now on, there's gonna be no more scripts, no more talking like a robot, but that will mean, sadly, there's gonna be a lot more erms, ums, ahs, and mistakes moving forward, okay? So yeah, that's how it's gonna be from now on. <laughs> so moving on to training. Now, these past two weeks have been totally different to how I've ever trained before in the past. And this is exactly why I hired a coach, why I hired Dean. Because I myself, just like you guys, will always naturally choose the exercises that we prefer, the exercises that we're good at. We might like them because they feel comfortable. They might not challenge our body out of its comfort zone. And you might be already good at them, okay? So you're going to want to choose those over exercises that are more difficult and more challenging and you maybe struggle with. Now that's not any different for me, I'm the same. And until now, I've always focused on training to improve my physique, to look better, to look more muscular, more defined. Now, because this challenge I'm doing is a performance-based challenge, that has to go out the window. I have to be training for performance. And that means that I've got to use a lot more modalities, a lot more training methods that previously I've never used before. So having someone like Dean on the other side, they're telling me what I need to be doing, takes away that temptation, if you like, of choosing the exercise I like and that I'm good at. Because doing that, training like a bodybuilder, so to speak, isn't going to get me improving my performance like an athlete. Dean's completely overhauled the way I train, okay? I'm doing exercises that I wouldn't normally do that I've either never done before or used to do but didn't really get on with. So it's forcing me to do things that I'm, at the moment, uncomfortable doing. Secondly, I'm using modalities. I'm doing a lot more explosive movements, a lot more plyometric movements. Again, purely based on the specifics of the fitness challenge rather than just training for training's sake, okay? Another area that I've found quite difficult to get my head around even though I know it's the right thing to do, it's still something that I've kind of been stuck in a rut with personally for me, particularly since having kids. So that I normally allow for one hour per day, maybe most days, maybe every other day to train around my clients, okay? And that fits in with my work life, my family life, so I can get in time, get home in time to have tea with the kids, okay? Um, if I allow myself an hour, I will fill that hour with training. 
even if I maybe don't feel up to training for an hour or I might have had a really bad night's sleep or I just generally feel crap, I'll still train for the hour because in my head, that's the time that I've assigned for training. But as Dean's quite rightly pointed out, if you aren't physically or mentally or physiologically ready to train for an hour, why should you? And that's something that I think we can all learn from that just because you normally do X, Y, or Z at a specific time or a specific day, doesn't mean you should always do that because your day-to-day -day, um, health, your well-being is gonna change. So why shouldn't you training as well? And I guess at the end of the day, that's what people pay me for. That's what people pay me for as a coach, that I do that for them. And anyone who I work with will testify that's what I do for them. But when you're doing it for yourself, it's very, very hard not to be narrow-minded and think, well, Monday, it's training day. Wednesday, it's training day. Even if I had crap night's sleep before. So it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit and made me realize that I need to be a little bit more adaptable and a bit more open to change with my own training. Because my stress levels from lack of sleep at the moment is quite, quite, well, sky high. There's no beating around the bush. It is crap, my sleep at the moment. Um, through no fault of my own, through purely the kids' faults. Um, <laughs> but I typically would not have monitored my training in, in line with that. And I'm really seeing the benefit of that already in just two weeks because like I said, my sleep is pretty poor at the moment. And there's been times when, yes, I could have trained for an hour, but I, the program that Dean's got me on is, is only half an hour, for instance. But it's half an hour of specific performance-related exercises rather than just going through the motions and training for training's sake. So this, like I said, it's been a big eye-opener these first two weeks. It's certainly not been easy. The intensity levels are way higher than what I normally train at. Again, when you train, your, train yourself, when you program your own training, it's very, very common for you to allow for lots of rest. You find things to do. And I'm gonna be honest, it's maybe reflect on my own training and realize that I've I trained pretty shit for the last couple of years. And maybe that's why there's been certain elements of my training that I've struggled with because I give myself far too long a rest. I choose the exercise that I like and I know and I feel comfortable with. But if I'm finding something hard, if I'm finding something challenging, for example, onto my breathing, I'll allow myself a little bit more rest. I'll sit and flick through bloody social media. I'll do a client's check-in. I'll respond to an email, which is all of the things that I advise my clients to avoid completely. And it's, I'm so glad that I have invested in, in a coach for this, for this journey because I'm not only gonna obviously perform better, I'm gonna progress further, but it's gonna give me the kick up the ass that I need to kind of take my own training and my own performance to the next level, not just for this next year, but for the next couple of years as well, because I personally am gonna learn a lot more from my own perspective as well, okay? Um, See, so yeah, that's kind of an overview of my training, just to give you an insight into this kind of stuff I am doing. Um, I'm training strength three times a week, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday is, um, a lower body strength specific session, an upper body strength specific session, and then a full body strength specific session. Tuesdays and Thursdays are specific movements for the fitness challenge, which um, further down the line, I'll be able to go into more details about, but right now I can't. Um, but very, very much um, focused on the fitness challenge itself, rather than just, again, training for generic areas. And then on a weekend, if there's time, it's very much based on just being as active as I can. Steps with the family. Um, last 
Two weeks ago, I did a swim. I did 60 minutes of swimming, just basically keep myself moving as much as I can over the course of the weekend. So that's what my general routine is looking like at the moment, okay? Um, the strength sessions are an hour, an hour and 15, depending on the content. And the, the movement-specific sessions on Tuesdays and Thursdays are only, at the moment, only half an hour. But they are, I've been warned, going to be increasing in terms of volume and intensity, okay? Um, and that's, as an overview, how training is looking at the moment. Um, Performance-wise, I'm doing really well. I feel good. Um, I have had a previous injury or issue, if you like, niggle with my left knee. Um, I've been to see physio the past couple of weeks, and hopefully that's ironed that out and it's feeling a lot better. Certainly, I have no impact with my training at the moment. Um, so I've got to go through a lot of... Um, warming up a lot of movements before I start the sessions and I'm actually starting to introduce um, a massage gun into my warm-up as well so three or four minutes of um, manipulation through a massage gun as part of my warm it's, it's working wonders at the moment I've got to be honest so yeah long may that continue moving on to my nutrition now those of you that know me on a personal level you probably think I'm boring I've been told plenty of times before that I'm boring with the food um, but I am a creature of habit. I, for, for the past couple of years, I have had mostly the same meals day in, day out when I'm at work. Weekends change because I'm with the family, so I will eat according to what we all do together. We go out for the day, we have pancakes in the morning, fry-ups, we go out for tea, takeaways, whatever we do on a weekend, I will still do that. But Monday to Friday, because I'm at work, I generally eat the same boring four or five meals every single day. Um, but for me, this works, and this is something you can all... Um, hopefully learn from is that there is no right or wrong with nutrition okay as long as you are getting the, the nutrients that you personally need to to fulfill your performance to maintain your health and your well-being then what you eat is relevant to you okay um, my meals are very much structured around my clients because I try to fit in as many clients in a day as I can so that means I can finish work early and go home to see the family, which means I often leave just maybe five, 10, push 15 minutes between clients for me to grab some food, um, which means that rather than having, for example, three big meals uh, that require preparation, um, I also have no cooking facilities at my, at my gym. So I eat what I would refer to as quick snacks, but more often. So um, four or five smaller portions of um of food rather than three big meals, which typically a lot of you guys would have. Now that's not right or wrong, it just works for me. Um, so don't ever worry, if you've been told you need to be eating a certain food plan or meal plan, please, and if it doesn't work, please just ignore that person, okay? This is why anyone that works for me will testify, and hopefully you'll see from my social media, is that I never prescribe set meal plans because it does not work. One size does not fit all. So. I could write the perfect meal plan on paper for client X, Y, and Z. But if those three people have different lifestyles, different working hours, um, different tastes, different food preparation areas, it's not going to be applicable. So a meal plan needs to be specific to that individual in the sense that it needs to work for them. It's, it fits into the day-to-day -day lifestyle. They like the meals and foods that they're eating. It's convenient for them. Uh, and it's also affordable because with the cost of living crisis, I've, again, I've got to admit, I've, I've kind of... Nailed, um, dialed down my portion size. I've choose, I've started to choose different um, food options to help make the, um, the, the shopping bill a little bit cheaper. So there's a lot of things as to why no one should be following a set meal plan. And this is something I stand by and I will never ever set prescribed meal plans for people. Um, so yeah, 
my nutrition as a whole at the moment hasn't really changed. Dean's fairly happy with what I normally eat. It hits all my macros. I'm getting enough protein. I've actually had to drop my protein um, because I've not tracked my food um, for probably about two years now on a regular basis. In my head, I was having about 250 grams of protein. Okay, that's what I thought I was having. When I went through that assessment week and I actually tracked my food for Dean, it ended up that I was having sometimes as high as 360, which is ridiculously high, okay? I don't need to be that high. Uh, my body mass, my muscle mass doesn't need that much protein. And what all, all it was doing was potentially having an inflammation, inflammatory response on my digestive system. So um, increasing my body stress, which obviously is not good when you've got a high um, level fitness challenge to train for. So one of the main things that Dean has said is that I've been trying to reduce my protein down to around the 250, 270 mark. Um, and in line with that, my calorie intake has dropped down as well. Other than that though, um, my nutrition is pretty much the same as it has always has been. Um, I won't go into the specifics of it because you don't really need to know what I'm eating. Because like I said before, this is what works for me. But yeah, roughly 250 grams of protein, anywhere between 400 and 450 grams of carbs and anywhere between 70 and 90 grams of fat, give or take, obviously depending on the meals that I'm eating day to day. And yeah, my performance this week in Sunday nutrition, I feel good with. The The only kind of area that hasn't been good is that I went out on Saturday um, for drinks with the lads around Leeds, which of course meant a lot of beer and food that was not on plan, if you like, and no idea of my calorie intake because why would you track your calories when you're having a, a bit of a blowout? Um, but luckily, because this is where again your nutrition needs to match your goals my goal right now is performance now obviously yes being hungover is not going to improve my performance but I aren't training for physique I aren't training for my body fat levels so it doesn't really matter if every now and again I do have these splurges if you like of socializing drinking eating food that isn't on plan because it's not a regular thing so it's not going to have an impact on my long-term fat levels Yes, it might cause me to, my weight to fluctuate for a couple of days, but so what? I'm not training to be a certain weight. I'm tra training for functionality. So yeah, it's, it's not been a problem at all. And um, one little thing, a bit of a tip you can all take. Um, my number one tip when you've got a hangover or when you're drinking to prevent a hangover, drink water as much as you can. Okay, I know it sounds tough, but people don't do it. Um, every time you have a drink or every other drink, whether it's beer, wine, champagne, cocktail, whatever, have a pint of water. Literally just neck it at the bar. You might get a funny look from the barmaid or barman, but it doesn't really care, it doesn't really matter, okay? The number of times that I will literally buy, order a pint of beer and a pint of water, neck the water, and away I go from a night out, okay? And I'll do it again maybe an hour later, and again an hour after that, okay? You wanna be keeping hydrated as much as you can. Dean's number one hangover tip, something that I've never tried before, but I tried on Sunday, and it did actually work. I did feel a bit better for it, from it, I've gotta be honest. Um, so whether it's magical or not, I don't know. But um, having a little bit of ginger and turmeric and getting those kind of turmeric shots. Uh, I got mine from Holland and Barrett, um, as well as some blueberries and some vitamin C. Just try and get some of that in early morning or for your, for your breakfast. Basically, it's just full of antioxidants. It helps with your, your digestive health and can reduce potentially, if you like, the side effects of being hungover. Like I say, it's, it's not, a, <laughs> it's not a, a guaranteed fix. It's just something that Dean suggested. He's worked, um, worked for him before in the past. So I gave it a go and it, it kind of worked, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's completely negated the hangover, but it certainly um, contributed to me feeling a little bit fresher and more sprightly on Monday morning um, than maybe normal. So yeah, 
That's how nutrition is looking at the moment. Now, the last thing I wanna kinda of cover, because I don't wanna make these episodes too long, because I appreciate a lot of you have busy lifestyles, and you don't wanna be sat listening to, to my boring voice for hours on end, but um, something that I am sadly having to deal with at the moment is quite high levels of stress. I touched upon this in last week's episode, and hopefully all of you parents will concur and sympathize with me with me for is that kids are the biggest source of stress aren't they love them to pieces but they are so stressful okay specifically with regards to sleep now we've had me and helen we've had a bit of a rough time of it since pretty much since christmas um the boys had covid and they all three of them had chicken pox but not all at the same time so it was kind of staggered for the chicken pox then charlie got croup last week zach's had a bit of a snotty nose and a cold for the past week as well basically we've had pretty much a rough two two or three months all of which has meant that we've hardly slept we've had maybe average maybe five five and a half hours sleep most nights which when you when you're living day to day yes you can live with i'm not saying that's something that as a parent we have to we have to get used to that because that's gonna happen. But obviously when you're training for performance, when you're trying to train as intensely and as often as I am at the moment, sleep is absolutely paramount for rest and recovery. So what I'm trying to do is create some kind of way of maximizing my sleep, just so I can get the most out. Because obviously my sleep is gonna be massively dictated by the boys. If they wake up, they need settling, then me or Helen have to go and do that. But what we can all do and what I've been trying to do, so this is one of the things that I want you to take away from this, is that bringing in a winding down period before you go to sleep okay now this is something i provide i suggest all clients do and um, when i work with them but the specifics of it need to be again um, individualized to you you need really 30 to 90 minutes of winding down time and the reason why it can be so long is that you should be really trying to introduce what i refer to as a plan a plan b and plan c a plan a would last 90 minutes a plan b would maybe last you an hour and plan c would be 30 minutes so regardless of how busy you are whatever you've got planned on that night you can still implement certain elements of your winding down structure. Now this winding down plan, structure, whatever you wanna to refer to it as, needs to be things that make you mentally and physically relaxed. You wanna be avoiding all electronics because the blue light from the technology, so TV screens, laptops, iPads, phones, that stimulates your brain to stay awake. It essentially acts as false daylight. So your brain thinks it's still light, it tells you to stay awake rather than preparing yourself for sleep. So you wanna be trying to avoid TVs and laptops and digital screens for as long as you can in that 90 minute period. And then you wanna replace that activity with something you find relaxing. So this could be, for me personally, I like reading a book. I've got really into a couple of books recently. Okay, um, could be having a warm bath, warm shower, could be listening to music, doing a crossword Sudoku, meditation, mindfulness, yoga, Pilates, whatever it might be, something that you first personally find relaxing and um, unwinding because our bodies respond to a routine. Okay, and the, the reason why this routine is important is because it links with something called circadian rhythm. And I don't wanna go into this too much because again, I could talk about this for hours, but your circadian rhythm goes back to, if you like caveman days, that when it's dark, your body starts preparing for sleep. When it's light, your body starts preparing to be awake. Okay, and that's how the human body is designed to live, in fact, designed to function. But because of technology, because of work, because of stress and family and all these kind of things that have kind of happened over the years of evolution, those triggers have been completely screwed up, which means that your hormones, which is control, which are controlled by your circadian rhythm, your metabolism, your your day-to-day -day well-being, everything regarding your health is comes down to your circadian rhythm. 
And like I said, this, is, this acts like a body clock. So if you do the same routine, the same activities for the 90, 60, 30 minutes before you go to bed, your body learns that that is its routine to get ready for sleep. That is its old fashioned, if you like, nighttime switch where before it would go into darkness and you would start, your body would start to produce the sleeping hormones, tend your body to relax. By doing these activities, these behaviors, your body still gets that signal. It learns that this is what you need to do to get ready for bed. And creating this bedtime routine, this plan A, plan B, plan C, that has been my biggest help these past two weeks of trying to get into a routine for sleep so that regardless of how many times I wake up during the night because of the kids, at least I know that I've done everything I can prior to going to bed to improve the depth of my sleep, the longevity of my sleep in each um, in each level of sleep to, to maximize my recovery. So that's something you can all do. So as a takeaway point, start to plan your plan A, plan B, plan C for 90, 60 and 30 minutes, a routine that you can stick to that helps you mentally unwind, physically relax and prepare yourself for sleep. And yeah, that's been a really, really big, big benefit for me this past few weeks. And then the final point um, that I want to cover is how my mental strength has been, my mental well-being, if you like. Now, right now, same as last week, I feel brilliant. I feel really good. I feel motivated. I feel confident. And I actually feel kind of, I'm looking forward to the discomfort that I'm going to be going through. I don't know if I sound strange, but I genuinely am kind of excited for how this is going to really push me out of my comfort zone. But I know, I, I'm not daft, I know my mental toughness is going to fail at some points. I've never been challenged like this before. I've never done anything like this. So this is where I need to, if, I, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I, th I think that I need to improve upon is my mental toughness, my mental strength. And one thing that I've been doing, again, this is something you can maybe take away from, from today's episode, is that these ice cold baths, these ice cold showers, ice therapy, cold therapy, whatever you want to call it, you've probably seen on social media, everyone's having ice baths at the moment. And I'm going to be honest, I would never have an ice bath. I'm not going to go and buy one of those um, portable ice baths and stick it outside in the patio and every morning at 5am jump in the ice bath for the sake of social media. However, there is some benefit to them to cold water therapy in the sense that it's full of benefits for your health. It increases your metabolism, improves muscle recovery, your immune response improves, you feel better mentally, you have more confidence for the day, increases your awareness. And all these things are associated with having regular cold water therapy or ice therapy. But if I'm gonna be honest, the, the sole reason that I've started having these, and I've had these in the first thing in the morning, I just simply have them whatever time of day I have a shower, I have stick it on absolutely freezing cold, and I literally stand in there for as long as I feel comfortable doing. And the sole purpose of this is for me to learn how to handful, hand, handle stressful situations. Now, the idea is that if you've never done this before, try it, just stick your shower on absolutely ice cold and have a listen or notice what your breathing does. You'll automatically go into like what I refer to as a panic breath. You'll, you'll start to gasp because it's a shock to your body and your, your stress response starts to go sky high because your brain panics, okay, with that, that shock of temperature. Now, when I first did it, I literally lasted 10 seconds and I had to step out of the cold shower because I couldn't control my breath. It was literally getting out of control and I couldn't slow it down. I can now do four minutes. And all, all I've done differently is that I've learned to control my breath. When my body is screaming at me, panic, 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 this is freezing cold, I'm re reminding myself that I'm okay, just having a bit of positive self-talk, nothing bad's gonna happen, there's a reason why I'm doing this, this is to control my stress levels, and suddenly I find my breathing's relaxed, I find I'm in control, 
And yes, it's cold, it's not comfortable, um, but it, I'm actually starting to feel the benefit of this controlled stress. And the idea is that you can transform your, your stress response in every stressful scenario when you learn to control your breath, okay? so. Mine will be in response to the fitness challenge. This is gonna take my stress levels to new levels. I'm gonna get periods of this challenge where I become essentially panic breathing. And I start to think, well, I can't do this. It's too much, I'm not physically ready, whatever it might be. And the, the more I can learn to control my stress in scenarios like an ice bath or an ice shower, that it becomes easier in the fitness scenario as well. So that as well as the um, pre-bed routine, them two have been the two biggest things that I personally have walked away these past two weeks feeling like I have massively improved and benefited from. So feel free to take away from that what you want. I'm not saying you need to go away and try to start having ice baths or ice showers, but for me personally, it's really helped my mentality of understanding my mental strength. The pre-bed routine is something you can all start doing from now because it will benefit you whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to get fitter, stronger, healthier, whatever it might be, sleep is paramount for every single one of you. So that is the number one tip from today. The ice bath is number two, but also your nutrition. What I mentioned earlier about making sure it's appropriate for you. Too many people fixate on the perfect diet. There is no perfect diet. Just remind yourself of that. Eat what you want to, as long as it hits your nutritional elements that you're focusing on, whether it's calorie intake, whether it's protein, carbs, or fats, the micronutrients, fiber, whatever your focus needs to be on because of your goal. Again, it's got a link to together. Then it doesn't really matter what you eat, how often you eat, the types of foods you're eating, whatever, as long as it works for you. So that essentially is like a third point you can take away. Anyway, um, I don't want to ramble on too much because this is where a script would have helped because I would have learned to stop by now. But hopefully you found today interesting, you found it insightful. As an overview, everything is going well. I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks, I'm sorry, a couple of days training that I've got. And um, yeah, let's hopefully start to see some more progress. In relation to the challenge itself, I have had an email that is potentially very promising, which means I might be able to start announcing a few more details in the coming weeks. So yes, keep your ears to the ground on that one. If you have any questions regarding anything I ever talk about on these podcasts, please don't be afraid to reach out to me. So contact me on social media, um, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you, whatever platform you're on. Um, drop me a message and I will happily get back to you, whether it's a question about what I'm talking about, a question about the challenge, or whether you want to offer your support with the challenge. If anything you want to get in touch with me about, I'm happy to, um, to oblige. So yeah, just get in touch, okay? And thank you very much for listening again. I hope you all have a great day, an awesome week, and hopefully I'll see you next time. We could be a